Before I get started on the message, I want to um, announce that we're having a fundraiser hungi uh, in two weekends' time. And, well, it's a Friday and a Saturday. Um, now, the, the reason why we're doing... We, we're good at this. Our church is good making hungi. And uh, they are delicious. They really are. I can testify to that. Really, really delicious. Um, we have a beautiful children's building next door, which is dedicated to kids. And it's uh, been a real blessing having that building. But the original heat pumps, there was more than one that were put in. Uh, gosh, that would be about 20 years ago or something. Or no, probably not quite. Probably about... 15 or something like that, maybe longer, maybe a bit longer. It was early, it was sort of mid-2000s when it was done. And, uh, yeah, in the, like around 2005 or something like that. And so they've done a good job. I don't know what the lifespan of a, of a normal heat pump is, but I think we've done fairly well, actually. But they haven't been working for about three years now. So maybe not so good. Uh, so the plan is to, to raise some money to replace them with one really good one. So we're having a couple of hangi, which uh, we, ha we, we can do up to 100 on Friday the 25th of March and 100 on Saturday the 26th of March. Now Margie is here. <laughs> She's got her hand up. She is, yeah, she is the one with the tickets. So what we would like to do is for each working family to sell four tickets. Now the tickets are $15 each. Um, now out of the 100, we're gonna, we're gonna allow for 10 to be gluten-free for our, each of 100. So if that's something that people you sell to need, then you can let them know that that is the case. And, and let, let us know too, just if you're confirming that kind of thing. Um, but if, if you don't like hangi or you'd like to bless someone with it, then please feel free to do that. It's a really good opportunity for a low-key outreach as well because it gets people in the door to pick them up. And they are, I know I've been here in the past where people have actually just eaten it in the cafe after they've picked it up. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, uh, but it's possible. So the pickup will be, just so that you, you know, between 5 and 5.30 on the Friday the 25th and 5 and 5.30 on Saturday the 26th. And uh, it would be fantastic. So Margie has got um, tickets available for people to pick up, and you'll do that today, eh, Margie? Yep, so she just needs to know whether it's Friday or Saturday you're wanting because the cards are different colours, aren't they? to signify that, okay. And if you are wanting to help with prep, because as you can imagine, 200 hangi takes quite a bit of preparation. Uh, you might have seen in the newsletter la this week just gone some photographs from the last one we did as a, as a mission, and they were spread out all over the tables, and there's lots of them. So, so it's a really cool thing, and it's quite a fun time just getting together to help prepare, but that's happening on Thursday the 24th from half past 10, if anybody's wanting to help out with that. So I just wanted to uh, let you know about that. Um, please please um, 
see Margie after the service. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's good to see you all. Nice to see you. <laughs> now, my message today is called Truly Surrendered, A Life of Worship. And we, I've, I decided to take over from where James was last Sunday, where he was preaching on entering into God's presence. And last Sunday, I was uh, spending a fair bit of time looking after my baby granddaughter, who's about eight weeks old. So I wasn't able to take it fully in. Uh, so what I did was I listened to it during the week, <laughs> which helped a lot, because the bits and pieces that I'd heard while I was looking after her um, were not the full picture, so it was really great to be able to do that. But James was talking about how we need to give thanks to God and praise to God and worship God, and he talked about three things he, separately. He talked about thanksgiving, he talked about praise, and he talked about worship, and Boy, it's so important. It's been on my heart for quite a while, uh, this topic. And I, I know I brought it out a bit when I was talking on the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? You know that scripture. Um, but it's in his presence that we find fullness of joy. It's in his presence that we find that. And if we, so if we're wanting strength, we need the joy and we find that joy in his presence. So that's why thanksgiving and praise and worship is so important because we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter the courts with praise. It's like an, an inner area. And then we, you know, we, we're worshiping God. And, and I want to talk to you today about how worship is more than just singing slow songs. Um, in fact, it isn't necessarily that at all. So thanksgiving for God's goodness in our life. We give thanks. We always give thanks for things, don't we? I hope, hope we do because God tells us to. If you don't, then maybe you need to start getting into the habit <laughs> of giving thanks. And, you know, when I'm walking down, oh, no, actually, I don't normally. Normally, if it's in my car, I really like to pray in my car. And, and so I really, it's good too because these days with cell phones and stuff, nobody thinks you're crazy. They just think you're talking to someone on the phone, and I'm just going, thank you, God, for this day. I have my hands on the steering wheel. <laughs> thank you, God, for this day. <laughs> thank you, Father, for your love and your goodness. Thank you, Father God, for your provision, Lord, and your life, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you give us, Father. And I just talk to God about how I'm so thankful, Father, for where we live. I have a home to live in. We're blessed with a puppy. We've got vehicles, we've got food in our cupboard, you know, there's so many things that we can be thankful for, isn't, isn't there? Even if we don't have much, we do have something, right? At, at the very least, we have breath, and it says, uh, <laughs> let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So, uh, so we've got a lot to do. You know, God says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, um, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. And that doesn't mean we give thanks in bad situations, we don't give thanks for those bad situations. What, what it means is that we do give thanks in those situations so that God can move on our behalf. And uh, that's in um, yeah, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, like I said. Praising God is really important as well because, as I said, praising God is all about entering his courts. Okay, So, it's, so the gates are on the outer edge and then there's the courts. Okay, So we enter his courts with praise. And that's where we're... 
praising God and telling him how great he is. It's praising him for his goodness, his mercy, his faithfulness, his loving kindness. And, you know, our God is an almighty God. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. There's nothing greater than our God, nothing at all. He's present everywhere. He sees everything, good or bad. You know, God is truth and he is justice. He's absolutely 100% good. That means it's, he's totally good. His goodness never can diminish. It can't be tainted. God is good all the time. He's totally good. And his word says to praise him, just like I said before in Psalm 150 verse 6. And the reason why, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but just some of them are that it deals defeat to the enemy. It really does. It does. Praise defeats the enemy. And I'm going to go to 2 Chronicles 20.22, just really quickly. Which says, I'm going to read... Okay, so there the Israelites are facing a, a big army. And so then it says, He appointed those who should sing to the, this is verse 21, who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And so what they were doing was they were going, the people praising God were going before the army. And it was mighty because in verse 22 it says, Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So God, there's something very, very powerful uh, when we praise God in, in difficult situations. Very, very powerful. Also, praise invites his presence. You know, Psalm 22 verse 3 says he inhabits the praises of his people. So he does. That means he lives and his presence is there. So when we're praising God, it's inviting his presence into our lives. And of course, we enter his courts with praise as well, Psalm 100 verse 4. So we have amazing access to God when we give thanks and praise daily. It's really important. It's not just on Sundays. We need to be doing it all the time. And then worship, James was saying, is an attitude. And I agree. I, I agree with that because it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's more than an attitude of just the mind, though. We need to engage the heart. Worship is a heart attitude. And so to worship God is to tell him that we love him and that we honor him. But it's also more than just that. It's also showing him by our actions. So when we love God, we want to please him, don't we? Okay, so we do want to please him. I, I, if I think about... If I think about people in my life that I love, I don't want to dishonor them. I don't want to um, do things that will make them frustrated with me. I want to do things that will please them, right? And it's the same with God. And do you know how we please him? What does it say in the Bible? We're by our faith, yeah. 
We please him by living by faith. In Hebrews 11.6, which I'll just really quickly read to you. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible to please God without faith. Okay, so that's just, do you know what faith is? Just real simple. Uh, faith 101 is believing God's word to be true. That's all. It's believing it. It's believing that what God's word says is actually true. Okay? And we want to make sure that we are living by faith. We want to imitate God as well. Ephesians 5.1 says from the New Living Translation, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Okay? Because we're his children. So we need to imitate God as well. God is a God of faith. He created the world by faith, right? And he also is a holy God. So that may, it means that if, he, if God is a holy God, then we need to live holy lives free from sin. And so sin can be sin, so obvious things like murder. I mean, that's clearly wrong, right? Also can be things that are a little bit less obvious, like attitudes, um, yeah, all sort, yeah, unforgiveness, bitterness, that kind of thing as well. So we worship God by living a holy life because he is holy. You know, God says in 1 Peter 1.16, he said, uh, be holy as I am holy. That's what God says. And worship does relate to his holiness, like James said. So God's holiness. You know, to, be, to live a life of holiness is going to take surrender from us, isn't it? It's going to take surrender. And surrender is where you relinquish control of your life to God, basically. That's what it means. It's where you're saying, okay, God, I give my body, my mind, my will, my emotions, my control over my life to you. And if, if and only if we're surrendered to him, we can live a life of worship, a life of worship, okay? We have to be surrendered to live a life of worship. So in Psalm 95, I'm going to read that out to you. It says, um, O come, let us sing to the Lord, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. He is. He is the great king. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his because he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, and I'm still reading the same psalm, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion and as in the day of trial in the wilderness when your fathers tested me. They proved me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know 
my ways, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Now, something that struck me when I was preparing this message was that very, very interesting that half of that psalm is a call to worship, to thanksgiving, praise, and worship, and the other half is a call to obedience, and it's in the same psalm. So there's clearly a link, right? There's a link, which we can easily miss because we could just finish at, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And we could stop. But there's a call to obedience as well. You know, worship and obedience are linked, and they're linked by faith and surrender. So the verse, verse 8 says, Do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. So what that's, the rebellion it's talking about is um, back in Moses' day, when he, God led them out of Egypt miraculously. I mean, the Red Sea was parted, for starters. And God did miracle after miracle after miracle. He provided food, manna, for them, and, or manna. I'm not quite sure how that's pronounced. But they, but they had so many times where God moved amazingly for them. But the people rebelled because they, were, they had unbelief. And verse 10 said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts. And worship is a heart attitude, right? Worship is a heart attitude. So the people had gone astray in their hearts. And God said, they shall not enter my rest. And it's not because he didn't want them to. It's because of what they chose to do, actually. And Hebrews 3 and 4, chapters 3 and 4 discuss the same psalm. And so I'm just going to turn to Hebrews. And um, it talks again about, from or chapter 3, verse 7, is actually a bit of a repeat of Psalm 98, 95. Sorry. A hardened heart is caused by unbelief. So... It says that in there in chapter 3. So perhaps you could read that. Yeah, verse 19 says, They could not enter in to the place of rest because of unbelief. It's interesting, eh? Now, unbelief is not believing God. It's not believing his word. So unbelief is actually a sin. And do you know that unbelief and faith cannot coexist? It's impossible. If you've got unbelief, you don't have faith. If you've got faith, you don't have unbelief. But you can't have both. You can flip from one to the other, <laughs> as I said in the last message that I was giving. <laughs> so Hebrews 3.12 calls it an evil heart of unbelief. But it is possible, as I said, to turn from unbelief to faith, and it just starts with a choice that we make. You know, God has promised us that, to end, that he'll, it's a promise to enter his rest. Hebrews 4.1 says, Therefore, since a promise remains of enter, entering his rest, let us fear or reverence God. So it's not actually being frightened of God. It's a reverence, okay? Like a worship. It's a, it's a reverence for God. Lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So the rest is where, what we feel when we step out in faith and we're trusting him that he's going to do what he says he will do. 
In Jeremiah 1.12, he says, I, I watch over my word to perform it. He is. He's waiting for that. He's waiting us to speak out in faith. He's wake, waiting for us to declare. It's the deep sense of peace that we feel despite what's going on around us. Okay, Knowing that we've done everything we can and the word of God says it will happen and it, and it will if we remain in faith. So rest actually is part of our inheritance as children of God. But it depends on our obedience, okay? So in other words, it's not an inheritance we get no matter how we, no matter how we do life. You know, it's an inheritance that we get that when we are walking in faith, okay, obedient to God. So Psalm 95 and Hebrews 4.1 do imply that there is a link between faith and surrender because we enter his rest by our faith. And uh, Hebrews 4.1 tells us to fear or reverence God, which does imply surrender as well. So I wanted to give you an example, and um, it's from my life and Peter's life. And we, were, we moved, we settled on a property in, um, on the 7th of October last year, and uh, we moved there onto our new place, sold our other one, moved to the new one. And the movers, I don't think they quite believed where we were moving to. <laughs> so we've moved into a barn. And um, so the movers came. And at that time, there was just a little tiny bit of gravel that was sort of thrown across the driveway to, from the gate to the barn, which is maybe about... I don't know how far, maybe about 50 metres or something. And so they drove their truck down this really narrow strip of like gravel, which really wasn't very good. And there was also, somebody got their car bogged that very first afternoon we were there <laughs> in the clay because <laughs> we'd had rain. And they were saying, where do you want us to put it? We're like, in there, <laughs> in there. <laughs> the bed stuff can go there. <laughs> And all the rest of it can go there because we knew we had to go to sleep that night and we had to set up our bed. So if you haven't put two and two together, our barn doesn't have any services. It does now. It's got some power. We've got four PowerPoints. But other than that, we don't have anything else. We don't have any pipes which bring water to the barn. We don't have any pipes which take anything out of the barn. So we have a composting toilet. And uh, we have a bucket that catches all of our wastewater. And we have another container which gives us our drinking water. <laughs> and so just, that just sort of gives you... And also we had no power until the 23rd of December. So we had a few months of no power. Boy, I tell you what, you appreciate it when you get something like that. Though, hey, oh my goodness. <laughs> Not having to worry about food going off in one and sort of over 24-hour period was amazing. And Nu and Vicky were very kind to lend us their old camping fridge, which was like gas-powered, and that was revolutionary as well, actually. <laughs> moving from a... Um, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Uh, moving from a chilli bin with ice to a camping fridge, which was... It was little, it was like that big. But boy, it was luxury. Yes, it really was. 
And I thought, oh, wow, this is amazing, Peter. We can actually buy a block of cheese now. <laughs> it's going to last. <laughs> but then moving from that to having a proper fridge, like a big one, was, wow, we can actually go and buy meat and actually freeze it now. So that was amazing. So gosh, God, thank you, Lord. We were saying, thank you, God. We appreciate the power <laughs> that we have. But uh, what I wanted to share with you was that five days after moving there, um, the mandates on education came in. And, and we, we'd made a decision for health reasons that we didn't want to have the vaccination. And, and this is not about the vaccination at all, but it was just a decision that we'd made and, um, and so we were obviously under a heck of a lot of pressure. And it was, it sent Peter and I, especially me, I don't know whether, Peter's really good with the poker face. And sometimes, I know I am too. <laughs> I might appear really calm, but inside I'll be like <laughs> crazy sometimes. <laughs> I remember, oh, I'm totally digressing. My father once said to me when um, Jasmine, my eldest daughter, was little, she was being really naughty. We were there at their house, and he goes, man, you're really calm. I said, Dad, it's all a facade. <laughs> <laughs> On the inside, I'm going... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. But it sent us into this kind of freak-out mode, and, and we were really um, slipping into unbelief, to be perfectly honest. We're like, you're, I know that you're, you're what are we going to do? Oh my gosh, our income's about to dry up. And we've moved into a barn, and we don't have any money to do it up. <laughs> we're going to be living here for years with no toilet. <laughs> That's what we were thinking. <laughs> But, um, you know, I had to repent. I realised that I'd slipped into unbelief. And, and so I, I said, sorry, God, you are our provider, not some job. You're my provider. You're the one that provides our every need. And so I, thank, I thanked God and I said, thank you, Lord, for your provision. And you know what? I kept slipping into unbelief multiple times, but it, I got a lot quicker at recognising it and dealing with it, and then I'd be back in faith, and so um, over a period of, of a, a number of weeks, the time between freaking out from fear and being in, you know, like, and having another episode like that became larger and larger and larger and larger, and so, you know, we just have to remember, I remember God gave me a word um, which I shared with the church and I felt it was for the church back in August when we were going through that last lockdown and I said it was to trust God and stay in faith and I, re I just kept remembering that. I said, Lord, you said if we trust you and stay in faith, then you're our provider and so I just had to remember that and, and just push away and say, no devil, my God is our provider. My God is the, is the great and mighty God, far greater than any kingdom of darkness. So, you know, God is amazing. And, and I felt his rest at that point. Once, every time I went back to faith, I could feel his rest. And that's what God's promised us. So 
It's amazing how, you know, God knows our innermost thoughts, right? There's nothing hidden from God if you, if you aren't sure about that in the Bible. Hebrews 4 verses 12 to 13. He, he knows everything that we're thinking. It says in verse 13 in chapter 4, there is no creature hidden from his sight, um, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Okay, so, you know, God sees everything that goes on. He knows everything we're thinking. He knows when we're being obedient. He knows when we're not being obedient. He knows when we're truly worshipping him as well. You know, and we can... We need, we need to make sure that we're in that place where we trust him wholly and completely, um, all the time preferably. But none of us are perfect, right? Hopefully all the time. But it's, it's you know, if we fall, we just repent. That's the cool thing about God. He says, um, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And he says that I'll, I'll forgive you too of everything that you, you, you've done, you know, if we ask him. So it's definitely, um, I just wanted to really encourage you with that. There is a rest in God. Um, and it is related to worship because if, if I trust God, if I surrender everything to God, including my everything, my control over how I'm going to be providing or whatever, then God will meet your need. God will meet your need if we stay in faith. And so, and as long as we're surrendered. So, you know, there's, it's amazing how everything's linked, eh? The, the body, the human body has so many different parts, but they're all linked. And so one thing going wrong can affect another thing and so forth, and it can, cre can create a chain reaction if things go out of balance. But, you know, God, and even his word is linked. You know, God, provided we're looking after ourselves well, you know, um, things in our body can work fine. I mean, I'm, this is putting aside healing for a moment, but healing's an incredible thing too. But, uh, you know, God is amazing. So I just wanted to give you some practical things that you could think about and put into action. And as I said before, praise and thanksgiving is, and worship is something we need to be doing all the time, or living a life of worship. So, you know, praising Thanksgiving is, I just want some, I used to think this, I used to think praise was just the um, fast songs that we sang at church. Did anyone else ever think that? Was that just me? Only me? A few of us? <laughs> I used to think it was just the fast songs. And then we're going to go into a time of worship, and that would be the slow songs. <laughs> But actually, that's not quite right. <laughs> you know, it's what the words are saying, right, that will tell us if it's praise or, or what. And it's our heart attitude as to whether we're in worship. We should be bringing praise and thanksgiving and worship to God, not just on a Sunday morning, but every, every day of the week. You know, and we can give praise and thanks to God in our prayers. We can speak it out, give thanks from our spoken word, we can sing it, we can declare it, we can shout it. There's so many ways we can praise God. Um, I go for it in my car when I'm, when I'm praying. I, I like to pray and thank God and praise him there. And then worship, that's, as I said, not necessarily the slow songs. <laughs> it 
It's actually, um, it's where we're telling God we love him. It's where we're telling God we love him. It's, it's where we're reverencing and, and honoring him. And it only is pure worship when we've engaged our heart. We have to engage, engage our heart. And the thing is that it's so easy to allow ourselves, as James said last week, to get distracted, even when we are as a meeting as a church, you know. It's really easy to think about what we're doing for lunch, think about what's happening in the afternoon, thinking about something that's going on in your life, eh? I've done it. That's the reason why I know it's possible to happen. <laughs> because I've done it quite a few times. And I tell you what, I might be doing all the worshipping, but if my mind is thinking about, what are we doing for lunch? <laughs> That's not worship. It might be appearing to be to other people, but God knows, because he knows what we're thinking all the time. <laughs> You know, worship is show, we can express, we can outwork worship by what we do, by lifting our hands. Hey, we can express it by kneeling down. We can express it by bowing down to God. It even it, in the Bible it talks about um, worship is translated to worship as um, where you're laying oneself down before God or kneeling before God. And it says even to prostrate oneself before God in homage. And I had to look those words up. But it means to lie stretched out on the ground in reverence and submission. Interesting, eh? Giving special honor to God. So it's okay to do that as well. Raising our head, lifting our hands, dancing, standing, speaking, singing, playing musical instruments. All of that can be worship if we've engaged our heart. Boasting in the Lord as well. It's good to boast in the Lord. God's amazing. God's done so many amazing things. And even in giving to a eh? giving. Um, there are, that's another way we can worship God is through our, our giving and tithes and offerings. And in other ways too, actually. But worship isn't in itself those things. Worship is a heart attitude, okay? And so worship is presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's surrendering our lives to God. Romans 12.1 says, I, and this is from the English Standard Version, I appeal to you, therefore, brother, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, in the New King James, it says your reasonable service, which I, I, I quite like that translation as well, that it's reasonable to do that. But actually, it's translated, it can be translated spiritual worship, and quite a few um, versions do have that as a translation. So I find that really interesting, that it is our spiritual worship to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's interesting, eh? Uh, our bodies as a living sacrifice. And the New Living Translation says, um, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. 
Yeah. You know, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. So everything we do in our entire life should be for the glory of God. I'm meaning from this moment forward. So we need to engage our heart, but show it by our actions. Okay? And so that leads me to worshipping him in spirit and truth. John 4, 23 to 24 says, and this is Jesus speaking, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now it says they must worship in spirit and truth. So worshipping God in spirit means that our... So I'm just going to explain what that means now. So worshipping God in spirit means that our worship to God must involve our heart, our innermost being. And worshipping God in truth means that our worship must be grounded in truth, or Jesus, the word. So this is talking about presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. It's speaking about honouring and reverencing God by delightfully following his commands. In other words, holiness, living a holy life free of unbelief, for one thing, and all other sin. So I saw this and I, I found this really quite revealing. Worshipping God in spirit without truth is effectively lawlessness. Lawlessness, I'll just explain that, is deliberately and willfully rebelling against God. Okay? Because if we say we love Jesus but don't do what he commands, we're just paying lip service. Now, um, so we need to take it really seriously. And worshipping God in truth without spirit is legalism. That means legalism is focusing on the rules instead of our relationship with God. Okay? So we might appear to those around us to be doing the right things, but if our heart isn't involved, we aren't really worshipping him. You know, truth, worshipping in truth, you know, just remember too that truth is someone, and that's Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is truth. He is truth. And it also says in the word that Jesus is the word as well. So it does make sense, doesn't it, that, um, that we engage our heart to worship, and we also need to make sure our lives are, are a living sacrifice to God. So if there's any things that I wanted you to get out of this message today, and I'm just about done, that would be that worship is a heart attitude and it's about surrender to God, spirit, soul, and body. It's about reverencing and honouring God, meaning that living a holy life free from sin. So therefore, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And we need to worship in spirit so we need to engage our heart and in truth by living a holy life so i just wanted to i hope that's helped you um, gain a bigger picture of what worship is about
because it's not just singing on a Sunday morning. It's actually meant to be a lifestyle. Yeah, if the band could come up, please, that would be great. Uh, You know, before we can really worship God, we need to make sure we have a relationship with God. And God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. And... If we accept that gift that God gave, then we enter into relationship, covenant with God. You know, God, God loves every single one of you deeply. He's not an old man with a big stick waiting to hit us when we do wrong. That's, that's what the devil would like us to think because he doesn't want us to enter into a proper relationship with God. But God really, really does love us. And I just wanted to give an opportunity for anybody who hasn't made a decision for Jesus to have an opportunity to, to meet him for the first time. And so I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to see, is there anybody that is in that position that would like to make Jesus the Lord of their life? If, if you would like to, I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. And everybody's going to pray it as well. And, I, and if, you, if that's you, I want you to pray it and really mean it. Engage your heart like I was talking about. Okay? So, um, so if everyone can pray after me. Father, I thank you that you love me. Thank you that you loved me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross as a sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you for accepting me as I am. Amen. So if, if, if that's you and you have made a decision, I want you to find um, Leanne, who has her hand up there. Um, she has something to give you, okay? And what I'd like us to do now is um, perhaps just sing a song of worship. And uh, I want to give you guys an opportunity to enter in to worship. And if, there, if there's anyone that needs any prayer for healing or anything, prayer of agreement, receiving the Holy Spirit, because with the Holy Spirit comes power. Uh, and it's like, the, it's like the next best thing to salvation. <laughs> Well, thank you, God. So, yeah, we're just going to spend a little bit of time singing, but I'm just going to stand here.
And if anyone does want prayer, please feel free to come up and um, there'll be other, not just me, there will be other leaders who will come up as well. Thank you.